Hello and welcome to On The Mic. My name is Mike Goldman. Good to have you along today. Rod Kirk, Herbox from Bondi Rescue. He was a top 10 surfer in the world when he was a young kid. And then he decided to become a surf lifesaver. He's done it for about 25 years. And he is the big star of Bondi Rescue. Uh, I know they're on in 150 countries. And he has got some stories about sharks, celebrities, people dying on the beach and him bringing them back to life. He is the David Hasselhoff of Bondi Rescue. <laughs> He's an Australian beach icon and his name is Kerbox right here on the mic very shortly. Hey, a quick shout out to all the people who sponsored me for the City to Surf, which is coming up this weekend. It's the biggest fun run in Australia. It's about 15 k's from the centre of Sydney to the Bondi Beach. And thank you very much to all those people who sponsored me and the money goes to the Shepherd Center giving deaf kids a voice. I'm an ambassador and I'm going to be doing a Facebook Live on Sunday morning this weekend. So if you can get to Mike Goldman Live on Facebook and check it out, you might see some injuries or some people yelling at me to get the bloody hell out of the way. Thank you to North Bondi Surf Lifesaving Club and their incredible staff for letting me record today's podcast with Kerbox. If you're thinking of having a function in Sydney, North Bondi Surf Club is the place to do it. Incredible venue overlooking the surf, state-of-the-art facilities. It's a total first-class operation. Mel will sort you out. Check. One, two, three. On the mic. Test, test, test. With Mike Goldman. Here we are at North Bondi Surf Life Saving Club with the legend of Australian surf life saving, the one and only Australia's answer to the Hoff. Kerbox, Rod Kerr. G'day, mate. Welcome to On The Mic. G'day, guys. How are you? How are you, Mikey? Boy? Oh, I'm really good. So glad to have you on the show. You're an institution in Australian surf life saving. You are the lifeguard of the year. How many people do you reckon you've saved by now? Thousands? Um, probably thousands over the years. Oh, my um, God. I wouldn't have a figure on it, but there's been a lot. What an incredible career, and, and your show, Bondo Rescue, is just such an incredible show, and it's, what, in over 100 countries or something like that? I think it goes to 180, and... Um, what? Yeah, we've been really fortunate enough to um, been going now for 12 years. Um, I remember the first time Ben Davies came to us and said he wanted to film a pilot about the show that he had an idea about and, and said, well, we'd be interested, and we didn't think it'd go anywhere. And it was just so fortunate that just that week of filming... We had a great white that just popped up off, um, oh, off, really? off Mark's Park and um, we chased it out on the jet ski and um, there was photos of it all over the joint and Channel 10 saw the footage and it obviously got worldwide coverage Yeah, wow. and uh, they just went, oh my God. They saw the response from, from, from everywhere and went, we've got to pick this show up. So kind of went from doing one, one hour pilot to they said, give us four shows and mm. then in the midst of filming the four shows, mm. just all hell broke loose, yeah. you know what I mean? So... Then they went, can you bang out another two more? So <laughs> this really just kind of snowballed for the first yeah. season. And, and then we thought, oh, that's it. Yeah, it just went from strength to strength. And our ratings just went through the roof. Yeah. And I guess like yourself, you know, you're, you're a beach boy and a, and a surfer and stuff. And, yeah. you know, people want to see what's going on in Bondi. That's yeah, the bottom do. line. Yeah. And you've got a lot of great history with the surf. I mean, you're an Australian surf champ yourself. Yeah, I won a few medals for the for the Bronny Surf Club, and, and I was on, lucky enough to be on the professional surfing tour for uh, nearly nine years, and wow, um, yeah. travelled all over the world. And mm. mate, like a lot of us lifeguards, and it's a bit of a funny one, but we're we're pretty much unemployable. <laughs> <laughs> we can't do anything else. So um, I remember I, I uh, was in the crossroads of trying to find something to do when I finished the the world tour, and. Mm. And I ran into an old boss, Ben Quigley, Ben Quigley's dad, George, who was mm. the lifeguard 
um, head down here for 30 years and he said, mate, come and work with us. And I didn't think I could do it. Mm. Um, you know, there was obviously a pretty heavy medical side to it mm. of our job and the water stuff's easy, but um, yeah, and it's history now. I've been here 23 years and crazy. And uh, one of the team leaders here at Bondi and it's been a big journey. And they love you too. You guys are all all really good mates and, and the mateship about the beach, yeah, it stems from your surf life saving days. What, what was your main event? Um, surfing, yeah. Like we had, uh, I could always paddle aboard. Obviously, you know, I live on the beach of Bronte, growing mm. up around the area. So, I mean, board paddling, surfing has been my life since yeah. I was four years old. So. And, then, and then you guys go on the world tour. What was, what was that like? Well, I actually wanted to be a footy player. I wanted to play for the Roosters. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to the Roosters on the weekend? They got beaten by Manly. Yeah, your boys Manly give us a touch <laughs> up. <laughs> I go this sea. We've got a couple of the boys at work who are Manly supporters, but um, yeah. Yeah, no, it was just, it was one of those funny things that I, I kind of wanted to play football and mm. I live on the beach and I just, surfing was just the other thing I did and entered a few events and then I started to do okay and, and then, um, you know, I won a few Australian titles and I was like, God, because back then you didn't think there was much of a career in it, mm. you know, like a lot of sports. Yeah, I, I think I remember you because I went to St Paul's High School at Manly and there were a couple of... Uh, people uh, our age. How old are you now? About oh, I just 40. turned fifty last week. Okay, so you're a little bit older than me, but there were some uh, guys in my year at St Paul's who were sponsored by Headworks. I used to surf for Headworks, and you surf for them as well. Yeah. Matt Hardy, you know yeah. Matt Hardy? yeah, yeah, yeah. I was with Headworks all those years. They were my main sponsor for the last probably three or four years of the tour. Yeah, wow. And so, uh, what, what was your greatest achievement on the on the world tour? Do you um, God, I. I, I Got as high as um, at one stage um, as number six in the world. I, I made a couple finals, uh, the Gunston 500, a lot of semis. Made the Coke semi final, which was always like a huge one for me. That was probably the. Was that at Manly? That was at Manly. Yeah. That was probably the most prestigious event. Yeah, wow. For years. And um, yeah, I had a really good year in 91. And and then, uh, you know, I made the semis in, in Japan and then the semis in France. And I was just. It was on a bit of a roll. But, the, um, the surfing world tour has changed so much since back in the day, hasn't it? Yeah, well, we all, we were all friends. Like, I, I had my birthday party, surprise party last last weekend. And, oh, happy birthday. Yeah, thanks, mate. And then um, I, I'm fortunate enough, uh, Damien Harbin, one of my best mates, is, you know, two-time world champion and mm. Martin Potter and all these kind of guys. And, like, they're all terrific friends, still still came and keep in touch. Oh, and, that's great. And, um yeah, we had a we had a really good camaraderie, you know. Even Brad Gerlach and a Californian guy who I surfed in the Gunston against, mm. you know, we caught up at Ravisi's last week, mm-hmm. and uh, he lives in Australia now. And you know, I, I dare say, and I shouldn't say, it, but a lot of the guys on the tour now are not mates. Um, whereas we really? tra- we travelled like a family because yeah. there's only say thirty or forty of us. Mm. Uh, we're on the same flights. We stayed at the same places. Mm. Yeah. You know, sometimes you'd hope you lost so we could join the party to go and have a beer with the boys. It's you very know. competitive now, isn't now it? Yeah, they've got coaches. Um, I don't even think, besides Joel Parkinson, who's probably the best one of us, if I could say, mm. left in the left on tour. He, he's just, to me, he's normal and he's an amazing guy, a good mate of mine. But apart from Joel and probably Mick to a lesser extent, you know, they, they're a bit older, but the, the rest of the tour is different. And... Mate, we were friends. Like we'd all have a laugh together. We'd stay in touch. You know, like um, their wives and partners and kids and that are all still friends. We all went to Bali a couple of years ago. About twenty of us all caught mm. up. 
Was that a part of your Bondi Rescue Bali show? <laughs> yeah, I actually, I actually didn't go to the Bondi Rescue Bali show. No. I, uh, I snapped my Achilles tendon. Oh, um, no. So I got stuck with doing the boss's job for the whole time. So all the boys went and had a ball over there. When you say the boss, is it, do you mean Hoppo? Yeah, well, Hoppo went too. Yeah. So they all went. And Scotty Field said to us, he said, mate, someone's got to stick around and... and, and run the show so I just I had the leg in the boot so I had to stay but they had a good time over they did a really good job they, yeah it was an awesome show they um, did a lot of education I think they changed a lot of the culture the way they work over there yeah um, we know we donated a lot of equipment defibrillators I think uh, ATVs and stuff that we bought or Bondo Rescue bought whereabouts in Bali are they they were stationed at um, I think in Padma there or, or Kuda Kuda um, yeah it would be cooter. That's and they did the main so one. many rescues and and, mm. and saved so many. They did a few resources over there, but mainly they just changed the culture. Yeah, like the lifeguards used to sit under the tree and drink beers and stuff all day. <laughs> you know what I mean? And Get drunk and then swim out. And, yeah, and the person you're saving probably have to save you. And they were having like so many drownings a season there. No, really. And um, supposedly when the boys were there, like nothing happened. Mm. How's your track record here been over the years? And how long have you been a lifeguard at Bondo um, for now? Twenty three years now, I've been here. Twenty three years. Yeah. Wow. We have an amazing record. Like we, we pride ourselves on leaving the beach every day, making sure no one's drowned. Um, we had an unfortunate one this season where we had a um, almost a double fatality. Mm. Um, myself and Singlet's one of the lifeguards. We, we he did an amazing job. He pulled this one lady out, um, and myself and him resuscitated her. Um, and then three of the other boys went in for the for the gentleman who was um, I think he was seventy. Mm. Uh, I believe his health wasn't at best. He might have had heart problems, mm. and uh, unfortunately they couldn't revive him, so mm. we lost him. And that was. That was pretty hard to take because I think all the boys, like, you know, as I said, I was responsible for being the team leader, but we didn't miss it. We did our best. We, mm. You know, like, um, it was just one of those things that, that we got to learn from and, mm. and, and take in your stride and, and, you know, try to make sure it doesn't happen again. Did that make the show? Yeah, it made the show. Yeah. Is, is that something that um, <clears throat> goes a little bit further when there's a fatality at the beach? Do you, is there like all sorts of investigations that you don't see on the show? Any yeah. behind the scenes stuff that we don't know about? Yeah, there is because what happens is, um, you know, it's kind of good in a way and bad in a way, but in a way it's good because everything's filmed. So mm. we can watch, like we've all seen the raw footage, which is very disturbing. Mm. Um, we've got 38 cameras running similar to Big Brother. Mm. You know what I mean? And, and, what happens is um, it's fortunate for us that we can go back over it and look at and see what happened, where we were before it, what happened during it, if, what, if we made any mistakes, um, what we could have done better. There's a million things go through your head, whereas mm. um, no one else in the world can watch footage of themselves doing that. And, mm. and, and I've been involved in five resources on the TV show now over mm. 12 years. I've done more than anybody just that I'm probably in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, maybe you're in the right place yeah. at the right time because you save people. Yeah, well, with the, someone else, maybe they wouldn't be alive now. Well, that's nice of you to say, but the, th- the thing for us is like, you know, we're a big team down there and we all try our best. And the thing was, it was just that we got the lady out first. Yeah. Um, I stayed dry. You know, I was in two minds whether to go in. If I would have gone in, she was dead because I had to go back and get the defibrillator mm. and I had to use my head and then so I could quickly start CPR. Like, if we mm. were in the wa- if I was in the water, I would have been spent. It would have been, we had no chance. You would have lost two. We would have lost two. So, you know, mm. in hindsight, we're looking back and then we've sat down with the paramedics who we train with mm. and, um, and we've gone over the footage and over the footage and looked at what we did and, and we did good. Everyone mm. did really good. 
Mm. Um, the other poor boys, they just tried their hardest to get the guy in, and, yeah. and they just couldn't. You've got to be so careful with all the cameras everywhere nowadays. Yeah. Like everything is watched 110%. And I mean, you guys are always on your game, and, and you know, that's a testament to your incredible track record. But aside from, you know, I don't want to focus on the one bad thing, but mm. you, you've saved so many lives. You mentioned just then that you've saved more people than anyone. You've been involved in more mm. more rescues. So how are the people, once you've saved their life, has anyone gone, I am a multimillionaire from, from Germany. I'm going to give you $10 million. You saved my life. I heard a story years ago that George Quigley, my old boss, he uh, he saved some guy, and the guy came down and just handed him the car keys. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, but um, to be honest with you, um, this lady, like, <clears throat> oh, sorry about it. Um, this lady was from Norway. Hmm. Um, well, the both were from Norway, and and I got in a car straight after the event that night, which was stupid, and I had to because I had a, a holiday book to the Gold Coast, hmm. and. Um, Got up there and it was a bit of a disaster up there because I just couldn't get this out of my head, you know. Kept thinking about it. And mainly to see if she was okay because yeah. I didn't know if she was going to be alive. Anyway, right. I get a call four days later and then the boys send me a photo and here's this lady in the tower standing there with nothing wrong with her. Wow. She came all the way back to say thank you and, and she was there with singlets who actually dragged her out of the water. Yeah. I just didn't know what to do. I just looked at the photo and just kind of my legs went to jelly because... Mm. She looked like nothing was wrong. She, yeah. She had some sore ribs. Obviously, we were breaking her ribs, mm. but she had no brain damage. There was wow. no water in her lungs. She was as healthy as four days later. And, mm. you know, that's a, that's a good story where someone comes back. Like, a lot mm. of the time, you know, you've been around the beach, you know, people... people hey, I, I've they, only saved one person when I was in Freshy Surf Club years ago. I was sitting up in the, uh, in the surf club, and I think it was Dave Donnelly was the club captain mm. back then. And we brought in the flags, and the sun was coming down. It was starting to get dark. And I was just sitting there talking to him about a, uh, I think it was the Australian Championships were coming up because I was a beach sprinter. Australian champion beach sprinter, actually. Just thought I'd throw that in. Uh, (laughs) And and, and he goes, oh, Mike, can you just jump out there and save that that guy out there in the water? And I thought he was joking. And I looked Mm. out and there's a guy doing the ladder, I think Mm. you call it. He's trying Mm. to climb the ladder. Mm. And I jumped off the balcony, sprained my ankle as I jumped off the balcony. But I thought, no, I'm just going to bite through the pain. (laughs) I I, I ran out there and I went, hold on a minute, am I going to swim? And then I went, no, better get the board. Went back, got the board from the club. Went out there, saved this guy. His head was dunking down. And and dragged him in. I felt like I was the the biggest hero I mean, the how, world had ever how seen. How good a feeling? How good you feel? Like it was amazing. I've said this to someone ages ago, and they said to me, "You know, what's the best part of it?" And I said, "You know what? Like winning surfing events, and this is the truth. Like and winning a lot of money, and like you know, I won a fair bit of money back in the day, and it doesn't compare. Like mm. seeing someone's eyes or face, or when you when you rescue someone." You know, money and words can't describe it. Yeah. Like you just told me then, and you won't forget that. As no, long as live, neither you know will I mean? he. But like, if, if if Dave hadn't seen that guy at the corner of his eye, there's mm. no way he'd be alive today. No, no way. But see, the thing is with us, we're very fortunate enough down here at Bondi. There's people like yourself, or there's so many locals. Yeah, North Bondi is just loaded with local people. We put a board. We, people go, why do you put the board? We always put a board in the south corner because the local boys hang down there. Yeah. If we, that's the furthest spot, same as the north corner. Yeah, there's one in the north corner. Always put a north, north corner. There's always a board. That's for two reasons. One, because there's a rip there. And mm. two is because if we can't get there in time, someone can grab the board and help us. Mm. And, and that's the honest truth. Now, and, and people say, well, why do you need people's help? And we go, well, we have, you've seen it, we have 40,000, 50,000 people on a packed day. There's only six or seven of us. We yeah. can't be everywhere. And we're, like, we're coming, but 
Mm. Um, we could have a major first aid in the town. We could have a lost kid. We could have, you know, someone having a cardiac arrest. Like, there's a million things going through your head where um, we need the public's help. You do, yeah. And, without, and people and, and, to spot people that are out there yeah. as well. Because there's so many people here already. We're really lucky these days. And I know a lot of people are probably off it. But, you know, we're lucky that people have got these drones now too. Yeah. And we had an incident here a couple of weeks ago where there's this massive bait ball out in the water. And, and like, we can see the bait ball, the fish, but mm. we can't see what, what activities are What's in it? The guys find the drone up, and there's, there's eight or ten sharks swimming through it, right? <laughs> so the boys went out in the jet ski, and they jumped <laughs> off and had to swim around with the sharks, and yeah, then, yeah. which was pretty dumb because I probably wouldn't have done it. But yeah. the footage itself is amazing. But this is the kind of technology now people mm. have got. And not only that, people are more observant now around the area. They mm. watch what we do. Yeah. They're willing to... Like, so many times, like, when I did the resus, this is a classic story, when I did the resus, um, you know, a couple of months back on the lady, um, I was screaming for help. Because mm. usually you have, um, you know, three or four of us mm. doing one, one scenario. And I'm like, someone help me. You know what I mean? And the camera crew guys dropped everything and helped, which, mm. which was amazing. People That's don't good. know that. They dropped shit and helped. Yeah. It wasn't and about just filming a show. No, they, no they, 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 one, they sent a text message out to every lifeguard, get down here, help, mm. and the boys need help, which was amazing and yeah. great, great thinking. And two, they dropped their shit and helped me. Um, and then this guy out of nowhere, I don't even know where he was from, Morocco or something, he just came over and I'm saying, someone help me, I need help. And he's walked over and said, I can't speak, like virtually muddled out, I can't speak English, but I, I want to help. Mm. So I've got him on the head with the head tilt holding on yeah, the, ma- the head tilt, holding yeah. on the mask pistol grip he, yeah he's got the he's got the mask yeah. on and, and got the pistol grip as you said and and i'm doing cpr going who is this guy <laughs> and he's stuck in there the whole time we did the research wow and without his help i tell you we would have That's been up against it crazy so does that mean you, you need more people in summer here and why, um, don't, why don't the council put on more staff yeah we are we are what we're doing this summer which is a really really good idea i think is um we have a um a mini tower down here at the north end of the beach. And what, what we're going to do this summer, we're going to pretty much do what we did um, for the Olympics. We're going to separate the beaches yeah. into north north, and then and then Bondi and then north Bondi, um, which we've never done before. We think it's a terrific idea. We're going to put two more lifeguards on. Yeah, cool. And they're going to be stationed at north Bondi every day. Yeah, that um, makes sense. I think the public are going to love it. I think um, it's, it's a positive foot forward for us because... Mm. We're going to have presence down here every day, whereas yeah. before we were just trying to get down there as quick as we can. Mm. You know, you do your odds, and a lot of the times in North Monday, as you know, there's not much happens down here because it's yeah. quiet. It's it's, and a lot of the locals take care of stuff. Yeah, they know do. What I mean? and, and we've got a beautiful surf club here at North Bondi that we're sitting in now. Yes, we're looking at, out <laughs> over Bondi Beach. Give, you give a little surf report for us. Yeah, right now. the surf report's flat. It's about <laughs> it's one. It's not foot. real good, is it? <laughs> Cold, yeah. windy, and flat. It's 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 a little bit windy. There's uh, you know probably only a couple of hundred people sort of not even that on the beach. It's probably about thirteen people on the beach, but a couple of people, hundred people walking up and down the beach, and they're setting up for the yeah, city to city surf to this surf. weekend. This Are you running in that? No, I've done it once. I'll never do it again. I'll be running in it this weekend. Really? Yeah, raising money for the Shepherd Centre. Well, oh, good I haven't, boy. I haven't ran in it since I was a kid. I'm lucky to run 5Ks without, like, doing a hammy or hurting my calf muscle or something. So I don't know how I'm going to go. For, kind of what is it, 15, 18 15, pace? yeah, it's a long way. I've done it once. Jeez. But, yeah, um, but just getting back to that. So we're going to trial it this summer and see how we go. So we put Yeah, next, that'll be good, splitting up the beach and getting, getting more guys. Extra two guys on, yeah. and they'll be permanently down here. And, and then we're going to get a bigger facility. And mm. 
And we've worked in really good with the North Bondi Club, actually, mm. and, and, and they've been pretty much involved with a lot of the decisions, yeah. which is great. We've got a good relationship oh, that's good. with, with um, Bondi and North, North Bondi, and they're, they're, they're tickled pink about it. Yeah. And they've offered their surf club facilities great. for us to sit in here. It's an amazing surf club, isn't it? Amazing. Like this is this has got to be one of the best surf clubs in Australia. Like it's all glass at the front, you have views over the water, That's and amazing. like the gym downstairs is is set up perfectly as well. Because if any of the uh, the clubbies are training, they can see out over the mm. surf in case something happens as well. Yeah, well, that's what people don't realise. Like you got to get in the gym and stay fit. Yeah. So sometimes if you don't, it's like us, uh, sometimes they, you don't get seen and people go, where are you? But you know what? Well, we're there. Do you know, I was, I was reading on the wall downstairs, all the people who donated to help this club get built. And I'm not politically motivated or go for any mm. one team or anything like that. But Malcolm Turnbull gave like a million bucks of his own money to help build this. Yes, it's amazing. And, yeah. you know, I, I don't get into the politics at all of, of anything as well. And, and I just think that if you live in the community and you, and you like being in Bondi and you appreciate you know the the better things and you, and you want to help out well good on you yeah. you know at the end of the day you're just a human being and a person mm. and and you know i'm all for that and mm. and you know as i said a lot of the people that get congregate in the surf clubs as you know mm. are good people yeah you know I've been, I've been in Bronny surf club my whole life since i was a kid mm. since i was like 12 or 13 or whatever yeah, well. and um you know i often go down there on a sunday and have a beer and mm. and they always welcome me and we've got photos on the wall and and you know what? And we we've got this relationship now. We've built, you know, it's gotten stronger every year. Mm. And that goes well. I, I I can't speak for every lifeguard service, but I know down here we mm. try really hard. Yeah, they're all, all good mates. <coughs> it's a it's an institution in a great part of Australia. Hey, you were talking about sharks before, yeah, and the bait balls and everything like that. Is is that um? What's that white boy out the back there, or buoy, as David that, Hasselhoff would say? Is that a, is that a shark repeller? Or that's that? that's a um. It's like a um. You've, you've got to click onto an app, mm. right? And it detects sharks that swim by. Swim it by. does? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. I yeah. thought that was like a folklore yeah. or a myth that that's what that was. No, but no, it is. no. So, yeah. So, you um, can click an app and that, see yeah, if there are sharks out yeah, up Bondi. Supposedly, <laughs> within a couple of hundred metres, um, it detects, um, I think, the size of the shark. I'm not 100% positive it, it can actually detect what kind of shark it is, but it, yeah. it, it, it can pick up the activity. So, oh, wow. the sharks swim past it. Like the other night, one of the girls that works with Juliana, she's got the app and um, and she said, oh, yeah, she texted me and said, oh, you know, a massive shark went past at eight o'clock at night. And I was like, well, we're not there for a start. It's dark mm, and, yeah. you know, there is the ocean and obviously there is activity. But, I mean, look, it's a good, probably a good tool to use. Um, What's the app called? I'm not sure. So it's a shark, you type in shark app Bondi, I guess yeah, you'll be able to find it yeah. online. But that's crazy, I didn't know that. I knew, mm. that, knew that it detected sharks, but I didn't know it, we had it connected this, um, to an app so people could see the ones coming. <laughs> we, had this, uh, we had this shark um, shark boy that I don't know if you saw, we were trialling it, and I know they used it in the contest in South Africa at, mm. at the um, Jeffreys Bay. And um, we had that here in the Bay as a trialler for a while, but I think that was amazing, mm. that that was picking up stuff that we couldn't believe it. It would tell what kind of shark. What? Da, 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 da. Like if it's a grey nurse or a mm. great white. Like mm. you can tell by the shape. You can tell by the, the, the way that it swum. Wow. Yeah, the size of it. Obviously, the size, the bigger it obviously is more mm. subjective to be a white or something like that. But it was it was amazing. And um, I remember Hoppo got right into the whole study and he had a lot to do with it. And mm. I think we, it's, it's going to come back. Um, I think... People feel a lot more safe in knowing that there's something there. Mm. Um, as I said, mate, the drones these days that people are flying around are just so helpful to us. Like That's We're actually crazy. looking into it at the moment. Um, 
whether we can we take one on board as well. I think we should because mm. I think you know so many times that we're sitting there and you know like you get is that down, a dolphin or a shark out there? Yeah, you, know, you can send well, a drone gonna, to check well, it out. We're going to seal that drives us insane, <clears throat> and it it's here every day. And I mean, I don't know why it wouldn't be. It gets a feed. It's, it's just it terrorizes everybody because <laughs> as soon as you see it, you jump out of your seat, and yeah. it's like huge and it's big and streamlined and black and you yeah. just see it swimming through this this school of fish and you yeah. go shark and, mm. and and but with the drone mm. you'd be able to tell and we yeah. could we could stick it up you know a few times a day and just do a flyby yeah. around the whole area or whatever or when there's swimming events mm. or you know and it'd save the helicopter and stuff because they they assist a lot too the westpac and yeah. even even i think it was last year the police were coming over and i remember they were flying over the it was actually on the TV show, and they mm. flew over the kids' pool, and the beach was packed. And I sent him to a big U-turn, and I went, "Something's up here." And next mm. minute, phone rings. Boys, we've got one right underneath us, and we went out there, and it was just a you know a good eight foot bull shark. It was on the TV show, and it was yeah. just it was just swimming around the outside of the the bait ball, having a feed, and had a wow. full belly. And to be honest with you, there was people swimming everywhere. Yeah, and and it didn't even didn't even bother them. There's a lot of them out there. Have there been shark attacks in Bondi over the years? There was one. I oh, know, um, maybe a few years back now, when the guy it was at eight o'clock at night, and the, the guy lost his arm or his hand, and um, the great white. Yeah, they said it was a juvenile white. But the thing was, I mean, I worked that day. Um, we hadn't had rain for a week. Mm. Oh, sorry, for a month. And what happened was, uh, it'd been raining, and the water stunk a fish. Because, yeah. you know, all the gutters start to run yeah. and all the stuff starts filtering into the water. So mm. all of a sudden, the, the whole cycle started. Then the fish are feeding because there was no food for them. And, mm. you know, it was 8 o'clock at night and he was out surfing on dusk. And, you know, it was just really unfortunate that he... Shark made a mistake. Made a mistake. Yeah. You know, he was surfing and it, and, it, and it just got him on a bad part of his forearm. And and uh, I guess they just had to take his hand because it was just, it was just you know, he lost all... all movement in it so yeah that's uh but he's still he's still around i see him all the time mm. and we actually got became good friends with the um with the the diver who who got attacked the day before or even the same day who got attacked in sydney harbour mm. he comes and visits all the time and um mm. he's still not angry about it because mm. they knew that there was a bit of activity that day and he, mm. he was the one who put his hand up to go down and mm. and um are there more sharks now than there were since, since we're all saving sharks. Since I've been growing up, I've never seen so, so much fish activity in the bay. Like, like we get bait balls here nearly every day. Yeah. They come in here to, to hide, obviously, from getting mm. attacked or getting eaten. And every day we see them. And, and I can't remember in the life of me. And, mm. and you know what else I can't re- remember? And you might be able to, I don't know, is, is all the whale activity. Yeah, a lot more whales. I, I think the water's a lot a lot clearer than when I was a kid as well. I, I remember even around Manly where the ferries come in, it, you couldn't mm. see the bottom uh, oh. from all the sewerage. And then I think back in the late 80s, early 90s, they put the deep ocean sewerage uh, refinery yeah. and, and they've, they've done a lot more you know technological advances to make the water clearer and and better and it, it's definitely way better than what it used to be oh there's fish everywhere i mean i paddle in the harbor a lot i stand up paddling in the harbor and and it's so clear and i, I go over to little manly a little bit though you know a lot of the time and mm. it's beautiful paddling around there but i have mm. seen a couple of sharks like yeah, but- like um but look it's, it's the ocean they're there mm. i mean people are so naive to think that they're not there and, and the amount of people and and Surfers we have every day, mm. you know, here Manly, Maroubra, wherever, like up and down the coast, mate. Like we 
we're pretty lucky that we don't have too many more you know, attacks yeah really exactly but you know it's a pretty good track record that you've had here to only have a couple of attacks in in so long tell us about uh, all the celebs that come here over the years like you've had uh, the hoff had has been here hoff was Paris cool Hilton. hoff was really cool like yeah. i was actually blown away like he um he came down to do a promo or something and then he was like mate where are the like the paid professional guys and and next minute he was hoff uh, hoppo had him in the <laughs> in the buggy and he was up in the tower and we yeah. chucked him his shirt and he was like hey you guys and we were just like what and then next minute he, and then we said do you want to go for riding the jet ski and he was like let's go and like we, <laughs> we probably shouldn't have done it but yeah. we're just giving give him a, you know a clean swipe said here go for it so we had him out on the jet ski and blah 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 he actually keeps in touch you wouldn't believe it with, really? with the boys yeah he calls wow. up all the time when he's in town he gives us a call um, a couple of the boys went on on a on a cruise ship with him. He was it was his cruise ship, what? and uh, Jesse and 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 Jeffro went and they were the pool lifeguards, no. and they went on the boat. And it was off requested a couple of the Bondi rescue guys to go on the boat. What? Yeah, and all they did was just look after the pool. It was like a big dance thing that went for three days in Singapore, and um, yeah, he's become a good mate of, our, of ours and. Yeah, obviously we had Zach Efron here a couple of weeks back, and yeah. mate, what a legend he was. Yeah, Zach's pretty cool. Mate, I was blown away because I went to the movie premiere a couple of nights before, earlier, the oh, Baywatch. Baywatch, yeah. Yeah, yeah and cool. then um, he came down with this big, the big hoo-ha at Bondi, and there was just cameras and shit everywhere, and I wasn't here that day. And I was like, oh, poor bloke. It was just people everywhere hammering him and um, Alexandria. And, and I was just like, oh, okay, fair enough. And then anyway, the next day... Hoppo, one of my best mates and my boss, he said to me, mate, can you come down the beach tomorrow? I need you to do something. And I was like, yeah, what's up? He goes, I can't really tell you, but just be down there at 10 o'clock. And he, and he, and he had a bit of a smile on his face. And I said, all right, I'm, something's going on here. Because <laughs> Hoppo always leaves, likes to leave things last to me because you know, he knows I'll say no. <laughs> and, or, or, or just run, you know what I mean? Because yeah. it's always not something not good. So I got down here and then... Um, Amanda Keller was here, and and I watched the the living room a lot. I love that show. You know, yeah. I'm friends with um, Baz and and Baz Dubois and Brownie and that. And anyway, Amanda's in. She's hey Kerbox, what are you doing? I said, oh, what are you doing? She said, oh, thanks for coming down. And I go, righto, what's going on? Oh, <laughs> she said, oh, you don't know. And I said, no, I don't know. She said, oh, okay, you better come down. We better fill you in. Hmm. So anyway, we. She said, oh, Zach Efron and they're coming back. And I went, they were here like a couple of days ago. And she said, no, no. We want to do an interview for our TV show. Mm. She said, we want you and Hoppo to, to be here and we're going to interview them. And, you know, we want to take a bit of the piss out of them and say, like, these are real lifeguards, da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. Anyway, when the next minute, um, and I still didn't believe it because there was no there was no people around. I'm thinking, yeah. they're not just going to... Next minute, the black limos rock up and they're there. And there was probably four or five of the boys in the tower and they've come downstairs and, you know, we, we got introduced and stuff and... Anyway, we've done our bit with for the show. We did the interview and that, and they were really receptive, like mm. like mind blowing. And then straight after it, um, we were talking, and and I just said to him, I said, "Oh, mate, you know, next time you come back, um, mate, you're more than welcome if you want to come back without all this stuff going on. You know, come back and have a beer, and we'll, we'll get you out and have a surf or run mm. whatever." And then him and I stood there and talked about 15 minutes. Yeah. And people were going to him, come on, mate, let's go. And he was like, and then the girl come over, <laughs> Alexandra, she come over and she goes, oh, don't leave me out. So I'm in the back of the thing with Hopper and we're just chatting away and their miners are going, come on, you got to go. And he goes, just leave me alone. Like, I'm yeah. talking to the boys. Yeah, exactly. And we were just chatting away and I was like, wow. And then he's gone upstairs into the tower and he mm. wanted to say goodbye to everyone. Mm. 
Anyway, then Jesse's got him up on top of the stairs, and him and Jess, because Jesse met him a couple of days earlier, and mm. he was just like, didn't want to go. Yeah. And and we were all like, wow. And it wasn't put on. It wasn't fake. Mm. He mm. was I, when he left. I just went, man, that guy's cool. Yeah. What and about he, um? Yeah, Pamela Anderson. Pamela and was cool. Yeah, I've met Pamela. Paris Hilton was around here. I think he did something with yeah, the, we the did new beer that came out years ago. Yeah, we did something. We've done stuff with Paris. Uh, Britney Spears was down here. She was down here all day. She was lovely. Um, they let us know that she was here, which which most of the time they do, That's just cool. just so we can keep a bit of an eye on it. In case the crowd go crazy, yeah. And we we knew Brittany was good. She was just down at the North Bondi corner there. She had several swims. She was down for about six or eight hours. Mm. She would gave us a wave, come over and said hello. Mm. Um, I think they feel more comfortable when they know we know they're here too, mm. so we can look after them. Mm. Um, she was she was awesome. And then and then soon as one guy turned up and tried to get a shot of her. Mm. And then the whole mob mobbed her and we had to get her out of there. Oh, you know? I'd say the and paparazzi wrecked, yeah, showed up. The, but people knew she was there and everyone kind of like left her. Mm. The locals left her. Yeah. And that's one good thing about Bondi. Mm. You know, as you know, like people around here, there's so many heads around here. People don't care. Mm. People don't care about us guys doing the TV. At first, he used to care about us doing a show. Now they don't give a shit. Yeah. You know but, I mean? but you guys are celebrities. You're Bondi celebrities and not just here, but all over the world. And you know, you're always popping up in the strangest places and and radio stations mm. are getting you to do bizarre things like yeah. go on dates. <laughs> yeah. What was the story that was there? was the best ever. You to got, this, so to you, this you had to go on a dating competition on a local radio station. Possibly one of the funniest, heaviest, craziest things I've ever done and to this date I've never lived it down. <laughs> I, uh, just quickly, I... I I got picked and they said, come on, mate, we want you to audition for this um, dating this dating thing. And I said, oh, okay, what have I got to do? And I said, okay, I'm single. And they said, all the boys are going, mate, have a crack, can't be that hard. <laughs> so I had to go in, there were several other blokes and I had to go into the radio station. Mm. And then what I did, I had to interview, um, I think it was three or four or half a dozen girls. And I hadn't seen them. And then they handed me all these different, they had to send in a photo of themselves and why I should take them out on a date, da da da, da. Anyway, there's some really good-looking girls. Anyway, um, and I, was, I got a bit nervous and stuff. Anyway, everyone was listening and all the boys were just heckling the shit out of me and stuff. And anyway, they said to me, okay, we've got this girl we want you to pick because she's like she's a gym instructor, she's fit, she's a nurse, she's, she's all this. <laughs> so they gave you the heads up. Yeah, they gave me the heads up. But, but there was lucky. no photo of her, right? So yeah. I hadn't seen her and she was the only one I hadn't seen. And I'm like, okay. And they go, look, it's going to be a lot better for TV, especially mm. having seen her, that mm. when you first initially go and get her. And yeah. I was going, okay. But anyway, she sounded lovely when I interviewed her on the radio and stuff. And, mm. and that was pretty daunting too because I was copping shit from everywhere. Yeah, you were. And I was there all day. And then they said to me, look, if you don't, if they had a choice to take the date with me or the money. Take the money. Take the money, right? <laughs> and take I'm the like, money, you take crazy the girl. money. <laughs> and I got into the station at like six or seven in the morning and, by this stage, it's like five or six at night. I'm just beat. Anyway, because I had to go through three separate radio what? things. I had the really? early morning breakfast, then the lunchtime shift, then the, the, after- day. Then the afternoon shift. Wow. And then if I won, I had to go on the day. So I'm thinking, no, no way. The chick's going to take the couple of grand or thousand or whatever it was. They're not going to go on the date, which I wouldn't have gone on the date either. So anyway, this girl goes, nah, I'm not budging. I want the date. Oh, God. She wanted you. Yeah. So- $1,000, <laughs> No. Curbox, yes. Yeah, it was worth, it was worth a thousand. So anyway, I, I, they've just chucked me straight in the car and I'm going, mate, can I go home and shower and get changed? Go, no, mate. 
I, I kind of got freshened up at they gave me a new shirt got freshened up at the station anyway we've had to go out west somewhere out wide to pick her up in the limo so we've gone out to pick her up had the camera crew with me which was cool and they said look all you got to do give us a signal give us a sign to tell me when if you want out you're out yeah. you know what I mean I said sweet so when we go pick her up and she was quite pleasant you know and she was alright and then um, you know I was like alright well I'm going to make the most of this because it's like we're going to a really beautiful restaurant down in Darling Harbour and, and they paid a lot of money for it and stuff and I thought, you know what, I'm going to have a good time. You never know. It, something could come out of it. So we've gone, as we're going along, the conversation was going pretty good and then um, we get into the restaurant and as we go in, it's, it's raining and it's like a shitty night. So anyway, we go to go in the restaurant. Anyway, um, we walk through and everyone's staring at us because cameras and everything follow me and, mm. I, and I go and get seated. Anyway, the owner comes out and goes, look, um, and she said to me, oh, in the car, she said to me, is this whole TV show a phony? It's, it's the fake. I don't believe it's real. You know, I'm a nurse. You know, da 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 It's all set up. And I go, look, it's real. How, we're not actors. We, we see what's in front of us. And, and then you just started making out with her? No. <laughs> <laughs> just feeling her I, up and I, see, does this feel real for you, baby? I was thinking about giving her a kiss and get over and done with. <laughs> so I turned her, I said, no, no, it's all real. She goes, it's all set up. So you wouldn't believe it. Next minute, the owner comes over and goes, hey, listen, mate, can you do me a favour? Can you get up? Because we're in the midst of having our first drink, right? Yeah. He goes, can you get up and go back out the front so they can get a shot of you walking into my restaurant oh, no, yeah. with the sign and I can greet you out the front? And yeah. I thought, mate, you're paying for it, of course. <laughs> and she goes, oh, not a setup, eh? We're doing it again. This is not a setup. And I, said, <laughs> I just went, oh, relax. Jeez. Like, seriously. Oh, okay, mate. your first fight. Yeah, first fight. <laughs> so this, this is where it all started. Then I turned around and I, I said, all right, sweet. So we walk out, come back in. Anyway, we're having a drink. And then, then it started. It was just like, you know, you guys are this and that. And I've done this. And, and then she said to me, and I was kind of seeing a girl at the time. Mm. So it was kind of awkward because I didn't think it was going to go that far. Yeah. And then she said to me, oh, why don't we lose all the cameras and stuff? And then you and I go out. And I said, well... I've been at the station all day. I'm tired. Mm. I said, look, we can probably maybe do something another time, but right now I'm not going to do it. Mm. And then that wasn't good enough. Anyway. Really? When, we, when we've ordered the dinner, she ordered just this meal, and then when she realised she could have whatever she wanted, she changed it to get the lobster. You know oh, what I mean? So all this stuff started adding up, and I'm going... <laughs> She's thinking she'd have taken yeah, the money. <laughs> yeah, and then I'm going, you know what? She's taking the money. <laughs> and I'm just going... This has gone from worse to worse. And then she started again on how it's fake and how this and that. Oh, no. So anyway, I turned around and went, I'm out of here. And I'm giving the get me out sign to the, to the, to the producers. <laughs> yeah. And they're, they're laughing, shaking their head going, this is getting too good, mate. Bad luck. <laughs> so anyway, I go to the toilet and I thought, how can I get out and of you here? you just left. You backed order, you smoked No, bomb. I tried to get out, right? So I go to the toilet and I'm trying to climb out the back of the window, right? <laughs> Really? Anyway, you climbed out the toilet no, window. I was trying to get out the toilet window. And then, the, <laughs> and then one of the maitre d's see me and goes, mate, what the hell are you doing? Trying and I escape. said, I'm trying to pin it, right? I'm giving the pull the pin sign. They're not listening to me. And he goes, that funniest shit I've ever seen. I went, mate, help me, will you? Get me out of here. And he goes, mate, you can't. He goes, look, I'll go back and tell him and just say you got to go. So I've gone back anyway. I said to the girl, look, I've got to go. I'm tired. I've got to leave. And she goes, then she started on me. Oh, just an ass, you know, this and that, and started ripping in. 
Wow. And I was sweet with that because I just wanted to go home. Yeah, who cares? Have a fight. Get out of there. So me and the producer were laughing. Then he goes, mate, I'm so sorry. I said, mate, get me out. So then we had they had two separate limos. Mm. One for her to go out wide, one for me to go home. So I've jumped in and got quick, pin it. Right? Me <laughs> and, and they turned around and said, you can't. You've got to give her a kiss goodbye. Oh, what? And I've had to oh, you're kidding me. So I've had to jump out. Next minute, I've gone over to give her the kiss goodbye. And I went to give her a peck and she's trying to kiss me. And I've backed off, and she's just unloaded. And then, and then, then, and then I, I think I said something like, you know, well, she, she tried to kiss you properly, like yeah, full yeah, tongue, yeah. and, and then, yeah. And she, and then they said to me, "Oh, so what's the story with her?" And I said, "Oh, she'll make some other guy happy one day." So, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, they put this all on the telly, and the, and the next, no, the next day on Bondi Rescue, yeah, the whole thing wow. on TV. But that was the that was the censored version. But they. Um, they wanted us, we had, the deal was we had to go back into the station the next day mm. and talk about the date. Mm. And there was no way in hell I was going, so I just pulled my phone off the Didn't hall. go. I didn't go. <laughs> didn't want to be part of it. And then the boys rang me and said, mate, are you listening to this? And oh, then they no. put, she was they in. put her on. She was in there on she her own. She was hammering you. Smoking me like, oh. like they reckon it was as good as it gets. No, it's good radio. That's what it comes down to. Was that a prank? Did they? Did yeah, they, yeah. There's a all, few pranks happening on yeah, Bondi Rescue been, with you guys. I've been hammered a few times. Why are they always hammering you? Because I like getting the boys, like. Because, you know, like we have so much pressure and so much stress along the, along the lines with our job, you know. And so any chance we get to have a bit of fun. What's the best prank you pulled? Um, There's always the water on the top of the door. I've seen that a few times. Oh, no, i got a better one than that. I got Harry's a couple of years ago. Um, well, Whippet was good because there's two. Whippet was good. Um, and Oh, no, actually, the, the the better one was all these boys were in this... Um, doing this 30-day challenge at, at Life Cycle Fitness at, at one of the boys' Whippets gym. Mm. And him and I had gone toe-to-toe for years. He made me drink cat piss and stuff. And, <laughs> and it was just like him and I had been hammering at each other for years. Yeah. And, and he was, I said, man, let's make a truce. And he goes, okay. And I said, look, and, he, and for the TV, they, he, he, they do this 30-day challenge, right? Yeah. So where they're not allowed to drink, eat certain foods, they've got to do – and they get weighed in and all this. It's a whole big thing of it, right? Mm. So about five of the boys – put their hand up and I said alright and I said they're going to bust and they're telling everyone how good they're eating and not drinking and they're blah 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 and I'm going oh yeah sweet so anyway I said let's get them I said I can undo this mm. and they said how and I said well I'm going to have a dinner party aren't I they said well what are you going to do I said well let's put some hidden cameras and some hidden mics in my in my unit at home at Bronte yeah and we'll just bung on a dinner party and let's see how it <laughs> unfolds right <laughs> Nice. So I've just gone in there, and Whippet turned up early in the in the afternoon at my joint with me, and we've just gone and set up all the mics and the cameras and stuff. I'd, I remember I had a big bowl of a bowl of um, flowers on the thing, and had cameras in it and mics. Anyway, I got my mum in on it, and I said, "Right, I need your help." So, mate, the moment they walked in, I, I had red wine, white wine, Coronas, I had bourbon, I had party pies, sausage rolls, pizza. <laughs> You name it, I had it all. So, the Kerbox diet. Yeah, so all of a sudden it's come out. Maxie's walked in first and he said, where's the stub? Straight away. And I said, you're not allowed to drink. He goes, I'm having a beer. No one's going to know. So all of a sudden yeah. Hotbay walks in and goes, I'll have a red. So they've all come in oh, no. and this dinner party's erupted. And then mum's come down. She's bringing the spring rolls and the party pies and that. And I said, boys, you're not allowed to eat all this stuff. And they go, who's going to know? No one's going to know any of this. Whipper wouldn't have a clue. You're not going to tell him, are you? So they go, we've been starving. So they're in there drinking, stories are flowing, eating like you've never seen. Next minute, they've all left. 
unbeknownst to them. So anyway, I've given that footage over to Whippet. Next minute, he's got them all in for their weigh-in. What? And he's got them all there, and he's plugged it in on the, on the audio, and there, there it is, and it's just come up straight up on this big screen. They're all sitting there. So how's it all been going, boys? You're all, you've all stuck to it? Yep, yep. Haven't eaten, haven't drunk. Next minute's going, fuck, whip it. Oh, sorry. No, he's a fuck. Yeah, fuck, fuck <laughs> whip it. Fuck, whip it. We don't care about him. Stick his gym up his ass. <laughs> Choose to whip it. And they're necking red wine and beers. Gets another party pie. And, mate, the boys were just... And they all all their faces just dropped. And I'm just sitting there looking at whip and just laughing. They've gone, we're going to kill you. Because they had some they had some torture test they had to do if they, if they, if they cheated it. No. Anyway, I sat there just laughing. I said I knew I could break him. But the other quick one I got was Harry's. Good prank. He um he's he's really into his whole look like never before. He gets Botox. He gets his extensions on his hair. Does he really? Yeah, he gets oh. he gets spray tanned every every major event. Harry's gets the spray yeah, tan. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, he's at he's at it. Like he trains fourteen times a day, so he can look amazing. Right. Okay. What what's what for? Just for the TV uh, show? He uh, wants to look good. Just to look good. Is he trying to get another show happening? Yeah, a calendar I don't, I don't or something know. like well, that. He's done a couple of calendars, and he's yeah. yeah he's yeah he's fancy himself a bit of a model and stuff, and he does a bit of underwear modelling and stuff. Oh, and hello. Anyway, um, so I said, right, I'll fix him. So we've gone up to the um. Tan Temple here in Bondi and I said to the girls Tan Temple I said I need, I need your help and they said what I said I got an idea and I said it might I'm, I'm going to need you and they said what do you need and I said well I said um, I got an idea where this guy is just so into spray tanning and the way he looks I said is there any possible way I can um, change the spray of one of these things and she said yeah what are you thinking and I said just leave it with me so I've gone and bought some blue paint no so I've gone up there. Anyway, I said, will this work? And she said, yeah. So we, we watered it down so it would fit through the gun. Anyway, next minute, I've gone up there early and I've hidden in one of the rooms. So Hoppo's brought Harry's up because I had this event they were going to. Yeah, they said, yeah, yeah. oh, we've got to go up. They want us to get spray tan, but they want to film it, you know, just to see the lead up to how good we look oh, after my we come God. out. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so they didn't know, and I'm hiding in one of the other rooms with the, with the spray gun. Yeah. So anyway, he comes in and he gets into, the, into his G-string and as soon as he puts the goggles on, the girl starts to spray him anyway. They open the door and I sneak out and they, we switch things. So I'm there having the time of your life. Just spraying him up and down his ass. Spraying him blue. I'm spraying his nuts. Oh, no. And he's going, oh, you're getting a bit close to my balls there, love. And I'm sp- like, had the thing that like 10 centimetres from his nuts and sprayed his whole body blue anyway. And Hoppo was there with me and like, we were just crying our eyes out. And then... So I think he might have heard a murmur. And all. I think the girl started just couldn't hold it back. Giggling. Anyway, she's he's pulled the goggles off and he's just fucking blue. No, but he spat it. He didn't. He wasn't happy. Oh, he was upset. No, he was upset. Oh no, he wrecked his looks. Yeah, well, he had he had to go to some party that night, which we didn't know. I think it was his grandma or his wife's grandma's birthday party. And mm. He couldn't get the blue paint. <laughs> oh no! So he had to go as Papa Smurf. Yeah, it was so funny, man. How embarrassing! Oh, we laugh about it now, but at the time he was like, "You fuckwit!" He said, "I can't believe he did that to me." <laughs> but yeah, it was that was a that was another good one. The pranks are good. We love the pranks on Bondi Rescue, and you guys are always written about in the newspaper, and people are always trying to find a bit of controversy because you guys are so successful in 150 mm. countries or something like that around the world. Like, um, do you do you have? Um, trouble dealing with that when you see stuff written about you in the paper that you don't like yeah i tell you i do i i, I don't know if you saw it like it was a very innocent thing that happened to me not long ago um it was the front page of the daily mail and um yeah i was just 
me and Hoppo were just having a beer, innocent beer and lunch just at um, in Surrey Hills. And mm. a friend of mine, you know, at the time, I'm obviously married now, but mm. I wasn't married back then. And this friend of mine just calls me up and goes, hey, what are you doing? I'm in Bondi down from the coast. Um, would you like to catch up? And, and she and I go, yeah, yeah, why? And she goes, oh, where are you? And I said, oh, me and Hoppo were just um, having lunch. Mm. And she goes, oh, do you mind if me and a friend of mine join you? And I was like, yeah, why not? Um just innocent, you know? yeah. Next thing you know, the paparazzi rock yeah, up. Yeah. So anyway, you're I'm, on a date. I'm there having having a feed. Next minute, um, she says to me, "Oh, can you come outside mm. um, to walk us in?" And I go, "Man, it's just a pub. It's no big deal. Like, just come oh, in." Oh, she was using it. Yeah, and she said, "I'll oh, come outside." You know, she goes, um, "You know, like, you know, I just don't want to feel bad walking in." So I've walked outside, mm. and one of the girls just happened to be off the Bachelor, you know, and, yeah. and this recent series. There you and go. She had the big. She's trying to get publicity. The big boobs and the big fake boobs. I bet the, you I know the paparazzi guy that's yeah. Set that up and too. anyway, so I've walked out unbeknownst because I'd had a couple of stubs, you know, yeah. and I, I was. Well, I wouldn't even think. I'll go and get her a walker in. Yeah, so I walked out and I've just gone. You know how I am. Nice to meet you. And then I've leaned over and I'm giving her a kiss. Luckily, I had my hand on the small of a back, not on a bum. You yeah. know what I mean. And, and I've just leaned over as you do, just to greet, and I'm giving yeah. her a kiss, and and then Snap. boom, and then then they, then he stood outside because at this location there's like a window with a you know you can look straight through, and he snapped a few photos of us laughing and da 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 da. Anyway, and then do you know who he was? No, I don't know who he was. Mm. And then Hoppo, then luckily I went home, and then Hoppo went back because he's got a cafe here in Bondi, Chapter One, and mm. he's gone back there, um, and with the girls, and they've gone back, and they've. They've actually um, taken selfies and they've taken other photos yeah. back at his joint. And he's laying on the lounge with about five girls and oh, no. having the time of his life. You know, <laughs> oh, luckily shit. I wasn't there for that. Yeah. But, but then, you know, all innocent. Yeah. And then um, next minute, um, mate of mine, David Gingell, he, he's called him and his wife Layla have called me and said, "Mate, you've done it again." Oh no! And I said, "What have I done?" They said, "Have you seen the Daily Mail?" And I said, "What's the Daily Mail?" And they said, "Oh, it's like this." Trashy magazine Form, yeah. that and, pays paparazzi to set up shots like yeah, that so they, that they can sell magazines. Yeah, they spoke me and, and, and he goes, oh, you're on the front page. And I went, what? What did I do? And they said, mate, we're in Surrey Hills with a couple of this big boo blonde chick. And I went, yeah, for like a couple of hours. And I went, we'll have a look. And I went, oh, my God. Oh, I remember, it was, was it Zilda Williams? That's yeah. right. Zilda's a great girl. She's um, yeah. She's a local Bondi girl, isn't she? I or think she spends so. a bit of time here. But I, the she's thing cool. was, it wasn't her fault. Like she, it wasn't her fault. It no. Was, no, I don't have any. Yeah. It, Zilda's fine. Yeah, like, she, she wouldn't have set that up. It would have been no, the paparazzi or someone no, else. No, no, she was fine. But the thing was, um, it was uncomfortable probably for her, and mm. it was uncomfortable for me because nothing happened. And yeah. they said, oh, Bondi Rescue, Bondi Rescue started groping Zilda yeah. Williams. And the thing was, I was like, mate, we just had a couple of drinks and, and a bit of lunch. It was, yeah. that, it was so innocent. Anything that they can write about, they will write about. Well, like, you should know. You know what I mean? Oh, totally. oh, you know what it's about. Like, I, I got in trouble once for having a, a, a laptop on screen on Big Brother because they said I had some sort of sponsorship deal that I didn't release and Apple will pay me money. No one's paying me money. But mate, you know better than anyone. Like, like well, you, you can't stop that. So then I started getting angry going, well... And then my wife at the moment said to me, oh, what, what happened? Like, we laugh about it now. Mm. And I'm sure Zilda would laugh with me yeah. because she, yeah, of course. she's actually a really cool chick. Yeah, she's and, right. and the thing is, she didn't have anything to do with it, right? Mm. And I'd never, ever have a problem with that at all. Not one bit. But the thing was, I just got, like, people can take that stuff the wrong yeah. way, and, and it's, but it's out of your hands. Mm. You can't do anything about it. So I just go, you know what? And, and the funny thing is, and the boys will laugh at, you, uh, laugh at this one last weekend. 
it was my um, Hoppo and them took me, my wife took me down to Crenides down at uh, the Fingerwolf, and we're mm. having lunch down there with the next um, Manly player that you might know, Jack Ellsgood. One yeah, of I know best Jack. Mate. Yeah, Jack. He, I'm he, good he mates came, with Jack. Yeah, Jack came down. He's one of my best mates, and and they shouted me a, a surprise um, lunch, and we're having lunch, and there's this paparazzi guy <laughs> on the Fingerwolf there. Just with his big camera, just snapping away. We're having yeah. lunch, wow. and I'm sitting there going, "Is this guy for real? Like yeah. it's like I'm eating lunch." Jack organised that. He lo- he loves yeah, the he probably, yeah, Jack probably organised. <laughs> he thought, oh, "How can I get in the paper? <laughs> I, I, I want to be the celebrity real estate agent guy yeah, on the North Shore. Yeah. I know I'll get Kerbox down here. Yeah, the X Racing Car Rooster Manly player. But but I just went, you know what? Watch this. And then they go, "What are you going to do?" And I just went, "Watch this." Mm. So I went straight over to the boat. Mm. And went, mate. If you want to take photos of me, come and join me. And he goes, what? And I go, mate, come and join me. Mm. Put your camera down, come over and have something to eat and have a drink. Mm. And he's gone, you can't be serious. And I said, yeah, I am. And he goes, no one's ever done that. I go, well, I don't like you taking photos of me and I'm not going to get angry because it's my birthday. So how about you come over, I'll pull the seat up and enjoy the afternoon. And he turned around and he goes, fuck, all right. So he put his camera down and I said, and he said, well... I said, in return, show me what you got and show me where you're going to use them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, well, you know what? Mate, you're unbelievable. And he's sitting there <laughs> eating spaghetti, <laughs> drinking a glass of wine. Yeah. He sat there for about two hours with us. Yeah. And, he, and then now he's my mate. Oh, that's cool. He messaged me the other day and he goes, mate, I've never ever, no one's ever treated me like that. And I go, mm. well, I don't mind you taking photos. You went through the photos and picked the ones no, you like? No, I didn't look. I said, mate, I trust you. And he goes, mate, I won't, I won't put out anything to But what if he used the one of you kissing Jack Ellsgood when he first arrived? <laughs> Like that, that could have been another Zilda Williams yeah, story right there. Been, I think I did Kerbox give, turns gay. I think I did give Jack a kiss, actually. <laughs> he, he would have liked that. He's always up for new things. Oh, yeah. No, he used to live with me, Jack. Mm, we, that's cool. We were, we were a good couple, me and him. Actually, we've been friends for a long time. Yeah, he's a good bloke. we got a lot of mutual friends because I grew up on the North Shore. Well, Kerbox, thank you so much for talking to us today on the mic. We've covered so much. Your, your incredible history here for 24 years. 23, yeah. 23 years as, as a Bondi lifeguard and Bondi Rescue is such an incredible show. And, you know, being number six in the world surfer and saving people's lives, which is, you know, the, the most important thing that, that you do here. And congratulations on an incredible Thanks, Mike. career. It's really nice to talk to you, mate. Saving all those people. And I've been admiring your voice for years, brother. Why, thank you. <laughs> Uh, if only I was the voice of Bondi Rescue. Damn you, Osher. You never know, mate. There's always could be a gap there. You oh, yeah, never know. Yeah. He can't do too many, too much. You know, he's the bachelor now. The bachelor. No, he's been here. He's been. He's a good mate of mine too. But yeah, he's uh, he's so busy these days. You never know. He might have a spot for you. Oh, you never know. No, he's good. We love him. Love his podcast too. If you're listening to this and you enjoyed this podcast, check out Osher Gunsberg's podcast as well and subscribe to that. Make a, a cheeky comment on the end in the review and uh, and give us a few stars. What's next for you? Um, mate, we got the city to surf this weekend. I've got a couple of couple of weeks off. I'm just going to try to make the most of it, and yeah, you know, it's a bit of downtime for us. And mm. then, um, you know, gearing up, seeing if we're going to film another series, and and that's always pretty full on for about three or four months. And yeah, mate, I'm trying to sneak in a bit of a break at the moment. So hopefully, uh, get some surfing happening. Get some surfing. Yeah, I might go up the coast and. Uh, of downtime hunt down some big waves get some waves yeah that'd be good thanks Kerbox thanks Mikey always Legend. a pleasure brother awesome you've been listening to On The Mic with Mike Goldman subscribe download and review at iTunes Audio Boom, Stitcher or your favourite podcasting app for more like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter this has been another quality podcast production from Bytes.com